This episode of the Flathead Beacon podcast is brought to you by Swenson Real Estate, service before self. With over 30 years experience, they've seen it all. Contact Jeff and Lorena today at 406-253-0033. That's 406-253-0033. Swenson Real Estate, service before self. Hello and welcome to the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm Micah Drew. Northwest Montana is made up of a patchwork of public land in the form of national parks, national forests, BLM, and state land, as well as private land owned by large timber companies and individual landowners. For decades, handshake agreements with timber companies have allowed the public to access huge swaths of land for recreation and hunting. In January, Billionaire couple Mark and Robin Jones became one of the largest private landowners in Flathead County following a 126,000-acre purchase west of Flathead Lake, which prompted an emotional response from the region's hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation community. The Joneses say that this purchase is a family legacy investment with no intention to develop the parcel, but the possibility of restricted land access still has recreationists on edge. This week, Flathead Beacon Assistant Managing Editor Tristan Scott sat down with the Joneses to talk about their properties in the Flathead Valley, their vision for the future, and the work they've done to assuage the fears of locals. Tristan joins the show to talk about his story, meet the Joneses, and offer his insights on the rotating door of recent land sales in the region. Before we get to Tristan, a reminder that this podcast is made possible, in part, by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms, online, in print, and here in the podcast studio, and they do so for as little as $5 per month. Plus, they get some great perks too. To find out more or join today, check out beaconeditorsclub.com. Now let's say hello to this week's guest, Assistant Managing Editor Tristan Scott, who I talked to on Tuesday afternoon. Hey, Micah. Thanks for having me. So you wrote this week's cover story called Meet the Joneses about a billionaire couple from Texas that have found themselves as uh, one of the largest private landowners in Flathead County. Tell me a little bit about what it was like to to sit down with them for the first time and, and talk with them. Well, the experience of actually sitting down and talking to them was unique only in that there was this, you know, sort of buildup because the couple sort of this family revealed themselves to us. After purchasing, as you noted, uh, a huge chunk of land west of Kalispell, 126,000 acres of former corporate-owned timber land. So this was always privately held land. But it was land on which uh, Montana residents have a history of accessing for hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, recreational shooting, ATV use, all the kinds of things um, that Montanans do in their spare time. And they were allowed to access this on sort of a handshake agreement maintained by this succession of corporate owners. Um, now, of course, when a private owner with no history in the timber industry bought it, there was all kinds of speculation that they were going to turn it into a subdivision, that they were going to sell it off piecemeal style for residential development, or that they were going to turn it into some kind of inclusive resort, which really set up a lot of alarm bells in Western Montana. And so going into the actual interview with the family, you know, I had all these questions about why buy this much land? What are you going to do with it? 
Um, who, you know, are you going to lock out the public? Um, and so there were a lot of questions that I really didn't know how well equipped they were, you know, to answer them. And, uh, and I didn't know what their, what their intent was. So, so it was so, so sort of a, a fraught experience because of those expectations, but it turns out they were, uh, you know, quite lovely people. Uh, they're very excited to be here. They're originally from, Lethbridge, Alberta. So, um, you know, although they, they sort of made their fortune in, uh, in Texas in the Dallas area, they're, you know, they're familiar with these hinterlands and, uh, yeah, they were definitely not, not, not like aliens or anything, um, that you might expect from when you hear the, the, the B word, you know, billionaire. Well, you, you mentioned obviously some of those questions that you were really interested in, in finding out. And let's just start off with the most basic. Uh, the Joneses have a 260-acre property off of Big Mountain Road near Whitefish Mountain Resort uh, where they're building their, their residence. But what prompted them to, to also want to buy 126,000 acres of land, which is a size of, of land that most of us can't even fathom? Right. And so, so yeah, the, this is, this family had purchased land on, on Big Mountain near the ski area. And so, and they were actually in, and are still in the midst of a very visible construction project. You can mm-hmm. see it from, from the ski hill all winter long. You could kind of see this footprint of them building what they refer to as their, their dream home. You know, this is their, their dream vacation home. They've been scoping it out for years, um, wanting to, wanting to have a getaway in a mountain community they had looked to sort of some of the usual places uh like um you know beaver creek and bachelor gulch and even considered uh investing in a a yellowstone club type uh type of resort area and ultimately settled on on whitefish so as they're building this very you know opulent vacation home they got word that land was for sale west of Kalispell. And that's how they came to become the proud owners of of this former timberland. It's because they were already sort of, you know, they were already sort of building a vacation home in the flathead. They loved it so much that they that they wanted more and they just so happened to possess the means to buy more. So it was sort of a combination of perfect timing and you know, extravagant resources, but they, yeah, they, they bought it. And, you know, I guess the, the big question mark was what are they going to do with it? So this land, it stretches from, uh, all the West side of a flathead Lake around Mary Ronan, Hubbard reservoir, straddling the highway over there. It's a, it's a very large tract of land. What sense did they give you of, of what their goal is with this and kind of what their future vision is for, for this chunk of land? Right. And so the land, the land was appealing, you know, to them because, uh, you know, according to them, they they want to maintain it as a family legacy investment. They want basically to keep it as it is, build some some homes um, for the family members themselves. It's a large family. The couple, so the couple is Mark and Robin Jones, and they're they have six children and sixteen grandchildren or at least they 15 grandchildren and a 16th soon to be grandchild and so they have a large family uh, and they basically just want want to have hold this land as um sort of a wild you know western montana playground um for them to to grow old and raise future generations so sounds like you know sounds sounds like the american dream but what's interesting about this land is that it serves as 
really critical a really critical piece of you know wildlife corridor connecting as you mentioned some protected land surrounding Flathead Lake Flathead National Forest Glacier National Park Bob Marshall Wilderness uh, the Cabinet Mountain Wilderness I mean if you look at a map this really was sort of the missing puzzle piece in this conservation puzzle that a lot of people have been working for many years to establish. And so, you know, for them to, at least up until this point, be fairly agreeable about uh, the terms of of this conservation goal, I think made a lot of people who were otherwise pretty nervous and suffering from a bit of heartburn, made them uh, pretty happy with with how, how the cards fell. Well, let's talk a little bit about, about that conservation goal. Under previous owners with these timber companies that own the land, you mentioned it's kind of just a handshake agreement to allow people to access the land for recreation, to kind of keep it set aside and preserve it for people. What are the options that they have as private landowners now to make uh, headway towards that conservation goal? Well, they have the same options that all private landowners have had, um, and that is to to do whatever they want with the land. In terms of conservation, um, they can enter into a conservation easement, which involves essentially, you know, placing the land in in a trust or in an easement under which there would be certain terms restricting development, uh, restricting future sales, you know, so that that would be the best way to sort of protect the land in, in perpetuity from future development. Now, in terms of public access, which often goes hand in hand with conservation, they can place their land or portions of their land into a program that is run by uh, the state uh, Fish and Wildlife Agency, which is called block management. So they can they can and have enrolled most of their property in this program, which allows the public to continue hunting, fishing on the property in exchange for some patrol presence from uh, the state agency. Um, now, they've, they've done that, and they've also said that they'd be willing to explore you know, additional steps in order to both allow, maintain public access, and place it into some sort of conservation easement, if that makes sense. Family right now says they, they don't plan on developing it, so perhaps that, that, that doesn't, perhaps it doesn't make sense for them right now. They say they just want to leave it as it is. So right now, I think a lot of people are taking them at their word and also very pleased that, they've, that they have taken those steps to enroll uh, in the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks block management program. Public access in, in this area of northwest Montana is obviously important to, to all of us that live here and, and like to hunt or fish or hike and uh, do whatever we do on, on our public lands. But we're also surrounded by so much of the actual public lands, national forests, Glacier National Park, the wilderness areas. Why do we pay so much attention to these privately owned chunks of land and, and the sales between different companies and different landowners? Well, you know, it, for from a conservation standpoint, the Flathead Valley is rapidly expanding and and growing into you know both our our working forests as well as our protected lands and as it continues to expand the unprotected lands the undeveloped lands the you know the the not glacier parks the not cabinet mountain wildernesses those lands are experiencing a high degree of pressure 
um, to be to be purchased for for development. People people want to live here. People want to build homes, and big investors want to build big subdivisions. And so, I guess the importance, you know, from a conservation standpoint, is in order, in order to to make this conservation goal work, you have to have connectivity. You have to have not just islands of protected resources, but corridors that allow grizzly bears to um, to successfully establish, you know, po- genetically diverse populations. You have to have miles and miles of connected stream corridors in which bull trout and West Slope cutthroat can migrate to spawn. You have to um, have uh, have Canada links that are able to cover great distances and and really exploit their territory. So, you know, connectivity, you always hear that sort of synonymously used with with conservation. And and I think that's the key both for, you know, for proponent, you know, sportsmen groups that that want to keep hunting and and fishing this area, as well as, you know, the greenies who really just who want to protect the grizzly bear and the bull trout. And and so as I said earlier, these are kind of the missing missing puzzle pieces of that overarching conservation goal. Now certainly there are those people who who wouldn't mind seeing a few a few more subdivisions and finding a way to accommodate this explosive growth, but you know I think uh, especially once this current cycle slows down, there's going to be a lot of people who are are quite grateful that you know that we have protected the uh, the chunks of country that are in the works right now. Well, Tristan, you do a, a great job tracking uh, all the different land sales and, and transfers and conservation agreements in the area. And we appreciate your work on that and breaking it all down for us. So great work on the story. And thanks for coming up and, and giving us another inside look. Well, it's been a pleasure being here. Thank you, Micah. We'll be right back. And before we get to this week's headlines, Dr. Mark Remington of Glacier Eye Clinic has a message from our sponsor this week. I've known Jeff for probably around 20 years. Very good friend of mine. He's helped me both personally and professionally in the real estate market. He is super ethical, super knowledgeable. He's prompt. He'll return your calls and he'll steer you in the right direction. As a friend, he's been service before self. Contact Swenson Real Estate at 406-253-0033 today. Now, here are the biggest stories from the last seven days as of 5 p.m. Tuesday, June 8th. Montana State Parks appear poised for another year of record-setting visitation if early season data is any indication. Officials with Montana State Parks reported last week that new first quarter visitation records had been set with more than 393,000 people visiting state parks, a 20% increase over the same period from last year and a nearly 80% increase from 2019. Of the 40 state parks that were open during the first quarter of the year, 80% of them saw an increase in estimated visitation. In northwest Montana, Flathead Lake State Park's six units drew the highest visitation in the region, with nearly 30,000 visits. The Flathead City County Health Department is partnering with Bias Brewing and Backslope Brewing to host two free walk-in COVID-19 vaccination clinics for adults 18 and older this week. On Wednesday, June 9th, Backslope Brewing in Columbia Falls will host the clinic from 2 to 6 p.m., followed by Bias Brewing hosting a clinic on Thursday, June 10th in Kalispell from 4 to 8 p.m. Individuals 21 years of age and older who receive a vaccination at either clinic can receive one free beer. Flathead County Health Officer Joe Russell 
says that he hopes the county will reach a 40% vaccination rate, which is far below the 70 to 80% believed to be needed in order to create widespread protection from COVID-19. As of the end of May, just over 30% of eligible county residents have been fully vaccinated. Elsewhere, President Joe Biden's nominee to oversee vast expanses of public lands in the U.S. West was criticized this week by Republicans in Congress over her past involvement in partisan politics. Tracy Stone Manning worked as the chief of staff to former Montana Governor Steve Bullock. After leaving Bullock's staff in 2017, Stone Manning led the National Wildlife Federation's efforts to preserve public lands in the West for wildlife, hiking, hunting, and other non-industrial uses. She has been nominated to serve as director of the U.S. Bureau of Land Management. Hundreds of nurses at Logan Health, formerly Kalispell Regional Healthcare, participated in a three-day unfair labor practice strike last week to protest what they say is bad-faith bargaining by Logan Health Management amid ongoing negotiations. The strike ended on Friday, June 4th, and the healthcare union has filed at least 15 complaints with the National Labor Relations Board against Logan Health alleging labor law violations, while a different contingent of Logan Health nurses, calling itself Nurses and Community Unite, has filed a complaint accusing the union of coercion during an early May vote on whether or not to strike. Up on Big Mountain, officials with Whitefish Mountain Resort announced last week that the resort will only operate five days a week due to labor shortages. As of the beginning of June, only about 65% of seasonal positions on the mountain have been filled. The mountain will close down on Tuesday and Wednesday of each leak, which historically have the least number of guests. On those days, only Chair 1 will operate for scenic lift rides to the summit. No lodges will be open and bikes will not be allowed on the lift. The resort is working to incentivize applications for seasonal jobs as well as launching a national search for employees. Just a reminder that this year's edition of Glacier Journal, which offers a guide to our local national park, as well as a collection of stories about the crown of the continent, is on stands now, as is this week's Flathead Beacon. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening.